Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Wondering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So, disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo, and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Oh, information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So, yes, information's origin seems likely less atrocious. <laughs> No, friends, don't change the channel. Don't stay here. Wait, 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 wait. This is Stand Up For The Truth. And you just heard Joe Biden's latest appointee. Uh, yes, she's now working for the government, and your tax dollars are funding it. Her name is Nina Jankowitz. And uh, no, it's not the Babylon Beats. This is not satire. And no, by the way, this is not constitutional. The power-grabbing Biden White House is launching a disinformation governance board, if you haven't heard about it yet, to censor American citizens and just as bad to head up the agenda. This, I guess she's 34-year-old lefty, um, a woman who has literally herself spread lies. Uh, oh, I mean, I mean, misinformation on social media. And she is anything but biased. And yet, uh, let me just bring in our today's guest. We're going to talk about this and the concerns. Uh, the, the Bolsheviks have made their move, and uh, the Biden administration is uh, pulling out all the stops, it seems, to censor those who do not line up with and submit to the media and the government and the a progressive narrative. John Haller is our guest today. And of course, John is a trial lawyer. He's an elder, pastor, teacher in Ohio, Fellowship Bible Chapel. He does a, an excellent uh, prophecy update on current events and globalism over at the uh, FBC YouTube channel. John Haller, welcome back, brother. Good to be with you again. It seems it's such a strange world where <laughs> It seems like each month we get together, we're talking about weirder and weirder <laughs> things. And now we're starting out with, uh, you know, uh, Mary Poppins reconstituted yep. show tunes. Yep. And we're not, and this isn't a joke. I mean, we're laughing at it because it's so ridiculous. And we didn't think they would go this far, but we're not surprised because th these are demonic agendas to further globalism, to take down the United States. Uh, the economy, the eradicate the biblical worldview, Christianity in America. Uh, you've got to do certain things in order to do that, and you've got to sh silence the narrative on anybody who would oppose your talking points, information, propaganda. And they are calling the other side, to those who spread disinformation. So, John, when you first heard about this, uh, the DHS department, this is under the Department of Homeland Security, this disinformation governance board that they are co coordinating to, quote, counter misinformation related to homeland security, focus specifically on irregular migration in Russia. We know it's going to do more than that, but Nina responded, Jankowitz, who you just heard singing, She's honored to be serving in the Biden administration and Department of Homeland Security and helping shape our counter disinformation efforts. John, when you her first heard this, your gut reaction was? I thought I was reading part of Orwell's 1984 novel and it had come true in my own life. You know, this this thing that's happened with the government, if we can just review recent history, Last July, the government issued a tweet that said they needed to, you needed to be on the look for homegrown extremist people, you know, uh, who were propagating conspiracy theories who are really, they equated with terrorists. And they, and I noticed a couple pictures in the FBI's tweet in, I think it was July 11th last year. And I looked at it and they look familiar. And so I dug through a Google image search and I found a report on homegrown 
terrorism on Islamic terrorism that the D Department of Homeland Security and FBI and Department of Justice had issued in 2019 under the Trump administration. But what they had done is they had taken that, taken the images from that, which dealt clearly with Islamic extremism, mm. and ported them over to what has become the narrative of the, what I call the Obiden administration, the white supremacist, uh, white terrorist, white nationalist terrorist, all tied back to the riot that occurred back in January of 2000 of 2021 uh, before the, you know, before uh, Biden took office. Mm. So, so what they've done, it, it was very clever, the shift that they made and, and they've been kind of leading up to that. Then in, um, February, they issued a directive or a, a terrorism watch bulletin. And in that bulletin, they said we needed to be aware of people using what they three things, misinformation, disinformation. Misinformation is uh, something on, you, you share something on social media that's untrue, but you're just not really aware of it. Disinformation, you know, it's not true, but you share it anyway and malinformation, you're just trying to get a lot of clicks and you're trying to change and you're trying to hurt people. So now they've had, now they've got the narrative created. And so last week, Secretary Mayorkas, who's one of the most um, odious people in government, in my opinion, the head of the Department of Homeland Security, who has, is essentially overseeing what amounts to an open border. Mm -hmm along our southern border where right. fentanyl is pouring across. I mean, we have a massive, and, and I don't think it's it's an overstatement to say this is a massive, unprecedented problem with fentanyl that the cartels are bringing across. There's human trafficking. They're talking about getting rid of a thing called Title 42, which is related to the COVID pandemic, so that people aren't allowed across because of health reasons. They're thinking about getting rid of that. There are lawsuits been filed to prevent them from getting rid of that. But even the government, even Mayorkas own department says that if they get rid of that, we will have somewhere along the order of um, 550 to 650, 700,000 illegal immigrants every month coming across our southern border. This is this is unprecedented. Mm -hmm. It's changing. It's interesting that Mayorkas, who himself is, the, I believe, either I don't think he is an immigrant, but his parents were from Cuba. When the Cubans were trying to leave because of some oppression there recently, of course, he said, no, 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 we don't want the Cubans to come in. You, we will send you back. But everybody else can come. So I, you see that there are groups that they're very selective about allowing in. Mm hmm. Uh, Cubans and Cuban Americans tend to vote Republican. Uh, they allow Hispanics in because historically Hispanics have been Democratic voters, which so is astounding. Those in, which is astounding to me because they tend to lean pro-life and and Catholic and appreciate religious freedom. And well, yet they, the Democrats see, this get is them. Why the, yeah, this is why they got to grab the narrative again because there's a lot of work being done. And so when you look at the, the polling that's been done for the midterm elections, the, the support for the Obama administration has just collapsed in the Hispanic community and even in the, in the African-American community as well, but particularly in the Hispanic community. So now they come out with this announcement last week, we've got to, we've got to get control of the narrative. So we're going to call it the disinformation governance board we're going to point there, uh, Nina Jankowitz. Now she's very prolific on social media. Uh, she's 33, 34. I think she's eight months pregnant right now. And she posts these show tunes, some of which are sort of parodies of show tunes or things that she's written, like this one to Mary Poppins, super califragilistic expialidocious. But it's interesting. The examples that she used, she, it's just, all these right-wing disinformation. Yeah. There's nothing right-wing, uh, you know, there's only right-wing stuff, nothing on the on the left, which she follows. And look, she's a Democratic Party hack. Yep. But she's been involved with the thing called the Wilson Center, 
which one commentator said was the last mentally incompetent president that we had, named after the last mentally incompetent president that we had. So now she's going to work for our, our current one. She um, she tweeted last year, for example, there's been the controversy over the Hunter Biden laptop. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. When it, and, and we know that the New York Times and Washington Post have come out and said that this was this is actually a real laptop. We verified 40, 25% of the emails on there is being authentic, which means all of them are authentic, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. yeah not, not, but what yeah. she did was she, for months and months and months, she's been, just been saying she's extremely prolific on, on social media, saying, no, 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 that was a Trump campaign project. So the Trump campaign created the headers and all these things yep. to go with the electronic signatures on 130,000 emails on one particular laptop. And so she, and so this is what she is, and she she is a Democratic Party hack. Now today, Secretary Mayorkas, the head of uh, Homeland Security, came out and said, "Well, you know, maybe we didn't handle everything so well last week, but I'm confident that this person will be neutral." Which, yeah, really, right. what he's saying is, you have to do the Orwellian translation. Is I'm confident that she will continue the narrative that we've developed right. over these last months that anybody that opposes us is a terrorist and should be shut down. So two things. So we go back to that February bulletin. It said that the two things that they were mainly concerned about, the disinformation or misinformation or malinformation getting out there, related to election problems <laughs> and things related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now they're coming out and they've said, they tell you what they're doing. They've said that what Nina Jankowitz is going to do, she's, she needs, they're going to get control of misinformation related to immigration and election. So they, they're already setting up election narrative issues so that ev so if there is a big sweep by Republicans in the fall, they will be able to come in and say, well, see, they created, it was the Republicans who did all this propaganda and their, their minions and, you know, people like Steve Bannon and Tucker Carlson. And so you're going to see a push. And in fact, the, the most glaring example of this is yesterday in the New York, Sunday New York Times, there's a front page article about Tucker Carlson. But when you went inside, there were eight pages full eight full pages of information about tucker carlson now this morning you get up and the top half of the front page is about another piece on tucker carlson and there's at least four to six full pages inside the front section talking about tucker carlson why because tucker's been very effective at countering the narrative of the left Layer on top of that, you have Elon Musk, who's made a bid for a Twitter, and he doesn't own Twitter yet, folks. He, he, it's the, this deal won't close probably if it goes through until after the fall elections. So, can we go back but, to Tucker Carlson, John, real quick? Sure. I just want to quote. I found an excellent interview he did, and and uh, I think his he interviewed Tulsi Gabbard and. Uh, but he really has been saying some very truthful things, some provocative things, but some things that are going to irritate the left, including he said, quote, they are using the Biden administration. They are using law enforcement powers to identify and punish people who think the wrong thing. That would be opponents of the Biden administration. Joe Biden's partisan political enemies are now official enemies of the state. In other words, DHS will be looking to punish conservatives who have not committed a crime but could do so in the future. This is just fascinating. Um, one more thing, John. You mentioned illegal immigration on the southern border. Let's go there just for a minute. And this is important because I'm working on an article this week on this topic, but you can't help but under the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, we're talking about First Amendment issues and censorship, but what's their job? So I, I'm writing about this. Rather than helping our citizens, especially in the southern states, and protecting American citizens from the cost and concern of illegal immigration 
and uh, the out-of-control government spending, the Democrats are working to silence its political opponents. And I want to just share a couple figures with our listeners who might not be up to speed on this. Estimates by the Federation for American Immigration Reform show the legal alien population ballooning under the open border policies of the Biden administration and the taxpayer burden of caring for, feeding, schooling, sheltering, and and incarcerating some migrants is now over $143 billion a year. So for those paying attention, the the national overall total is $15.5 million. Uh, And this is something that you don't hear the media report. Uh, At least I haven't. Uh, Maybe you, you read the New York Times, John. Do they do a fair job reporting on the costs of illegal immigration? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because I know if I, if I see it somewhere else and I don't see it in the New York Times, I know that it's very, very important, <laughs> uh, because the New York Times has not covered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, there, I do searches like, so I'll, I hear about the disinformation governance board. So I'll go and I'll do a search on the New York Times disinformation. And it only comes up with regard to say somebody like Tucker Carlson. You know, that, that's the, that's the interesting thing. But, uh, there was, there was really nothing in the New York Times about this board that was appointed. Now, in the conservative press, when you can find it, it's all over the place. Washington Post is the same way. It doesn't mm-hmm. cover these things. So no, there's no, there's nothing about this immigration thing. And it's interesting, the number you brought up, you know, $140 billion is the amount of, say, the fortune of, say, Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon mm-hmm. and the Washington Post, or Elon Musk, who owns, you know, Twitter, SpaceX, Neuralink, and is trying, is making a bid for Twitter. So that's a significant amount of, I mean, that's more than the, the net wealth of Warren Buffett or Bill Gates. Mm. Um, so, you know, that that's a lot of money and, and nobody really talks about it. And the question is, where are all these people going? And we know they're, they're putting them on planes and they're sending them to different places around the country. <clears throat> and then there's all this concern about now that they're saying the big conspiracy. I'm sure Nina Jankowitz, when she gets around to it, when she's done with her show tune, uh, you know, social media stuff, she will be saying, listen, we're, there's this conspiracy theory that these people are being brought in to be voters. Hmm. And that's not true. But then you go to a, a state like New York, which is put in a place you can't do like an identification check on someone who's come to vote. Wow. So I'm not stupid. I mean, you know, what's the old saying? I was born at night, but not last night. And this is this. So it's this narrative and it's just this huge government push to control everything. So uh, I don't know how long we have it left in the segment. Two minutes. I would highly recommend, and we can maybe talk about this coming after the break, uh, Sam Faddis, who runs a thing called And Magazine, mm-hmm. uh, andmagazine.substack.com, wrote has has been covering this for a while. He wrote an article called "The Bolsheviks Make Their Move." There's the other thing that you need to know is there's a company called Moonshot CVE, and what Moonshot CVE has been working with different governments, our government and the Canadian government, particularly. It's a British company. And what they do is they're doing a thing called the redirect project so that if you go to Google and you want, you type in, uh, immigration overwhelming southern border, they are working with the social media companies to redirect your search to something that fits the narrative that they want to push <laughs> on you. This is completely wow. Orwellian. And so Sam, Sam wrote some articles about it last July. And, and I've done some research and, and I covered this in my prophecy update yesterday at some length. It was the pretty much, but yeah, look at Moonshot CV and they put out these slick PDF publica- uh, uh, publications that you can read and graphical and they show what they're doing and everything. But they were working with the Canadian government who seems to be the test case for controlling information. And we know what they did with the truckers where they, they got the narrative. And they said the truckers were terrorists. They're terrorists, 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 because they had to do that to invoke certain things of the law. And it's just egregious what they're doing. 
Today's guest, Pastor John Haller, we're talking about some just dangerous times we're living in where censorship is actually something we need to be concerned about in America, even under the First Amendment and the Democrats and disinformation in this new governing board. More with John Haller about Nina Jankowitz and a lot more on their goals on Stand Up For The Truth next. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. You might be asking, are there any government uh, officials, any representatives, any senators, congresspeople that are fighting this attack on free speech, this clearly uh, unconstitutional move? And there are. There are. I just want to add a couple. I mean, the usual... Uh, thank God for some of these men that are in the Senate. I just want to mention um, Josh Hawley, first of all. Uh, he's a senator, and he's very concerned about this. He knows they're going to marshal the power of the federal government to censor conservatives and dissenting speech. He said this is particularly ironic given Nina Jankowitz's extensive criticism of free speech and the First Amendment. She has claimed that free speech versus censorship framing is a false dichotomy. And when Elon Musk announced his acquisition of Twitter, she said, I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms, what that would look like for marginalized communities. So she's all of a sudden concerned about minorities. But I also want to share what um, our senator here in Wisconsin, Ron Johnson, said. He stepped up to the plate and he called Jankowitz a beacon of misinformation online saying she's furthered false media narratives, and she has. And he sent a letter to Secretary Mayorkas with questions including, how exactly does the Department of Homeland Security define misinformation? He said, what does DHS consider to be irregular migration? What specific actions does the DHS intend to take to counter misinformation? And then finally, I'll get John Haller's response to this. Um, Senator Ron Johnson said the fact that a federal department with approximately 240 employees would set up a disinformation governance board to enforce the government's judgment of what information is allowed in the public square should frighten anyone who values liberty and understands how crucial free speech is in maintaining that liberty. John Haller. Well, yeah, it it is all part of a piece of what they're doing, and and, and it's it's very easy to to make direct connections to things going on with China and social credit uh, scores, uh, the World Economic Forum, and the controls that they want to put in there. Uh, it's very easy to make these connections, and it is it is rather frightening. Now, we need to understand that in the United States, we have a thing called the First Amendment to the Constitution, and the First Amendment sets forth a pretty simple rule that's been applied to the states that says Congress, government shall make no law respecting the established, you know, the extra, preventing the exercise of free speech. But they, 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 they're doing the opposite. And at the same time, they're telling you is don't believe what your eyes are seeing happen. What mm-hmm. are you going to believe your lying eyes or what I'm telling you? Um, and, and it's very troubling. So we we were talking early about this, you know, the system that they want to set up. And you see Nina Jankowicz. She's very concerned. The other part of the narrative that they're going to say is, well, hate speech is not free speech. So there was a, a conference just a month ago where the, ambas- the United States ambassador to Canada, Steve Cohen, was talking about, well, I think the remedy for bad speech is more speech. But see, a month later, that's not the narrative that they're teaching us through Nina Jankowitz and Steve Mayorkas at Homeland Security. It's they've got to control the information. It's hate speech. And as she said, she wrote a whole book on it's not safe to be a woman online. But she spends her whole life on social media. So figure that one out. But it's part of this is that there's no safe space for women. So we have to restrict what these men are doing to abuse women online or fit in whatever victim group you want, uh, transgender, LGBTQ, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So now the government can't do this here, but then you have Jen Pisaki, or as I like to refer to her as uh, Cruella von Pisuckerberger, because she looks like Mark Zuckerberg. 
who's founded Facebook. They look like they're twins almost, but uh, she, she lies all the time. And so, but she will tell you the truth at times. And she says, we call up, call up the tech companies to have them take certain things down. The government's not allowed to outsource the control of free speech. That's unconstitutional activity. And I don't know why there are not more lawsuits and that type of thing filed about it. I just mm. don't understand that. But we do have some restrictions in the United States, but they would like to get rid of the First yeah. Amendment. Nina Jankowitz does not believe in the First Amendment. And they and they come at us from many different directions. There was a, a circuit court judge confirmation hearing just last week, and Ted Cruz was asking the judge, Arudu, I think is her name, She's been nominated for the 11th Circuit, but she's she's employed by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is one of the most radical left-wing propaganda outlets. Yep. And so so Ted Cruz asked her, well, do you agree with the Southern Poverty Law Center, who has published things calling me and this senator and that senator white supremacists? And she won't answer the question. So, folks, as a, as a lawyer who's done thousands of depositions, one of the, one of the ways you can – almost guarantee a person is lying is if you ask them a question and they don't answer the question that that's, that's sort of like, I mean, there's a lot of body language and things that go along with it, but that's sort of like the penultimate way to do this. So the government can't restrict speech. We're putting in these people who they won't answer questions. They're known liars like Nina Jankowicz. She's a propagandist. She's a democratic party hack. That's number one. But they restrict people. Sometimes what they do is they go around the back door. Mm-hmm. So they will go to Canada, which seems to be a laboratory for pushing all of these things that the globalist wants and restrictive speech and financial things. If you don't go along with the right narrative or you, you go against what the government says, or they'll go to Europe. And so last, last week, the in Europe, they enacted a thing, the EU, called the Digital Service Act, and then there's a, a related act. And it's an extensive thing to regulate social media. In social media, they'll be given, you have to set up review boards and that type of thing. And the bigger you are, the more onerous the burdens are put on you hmm. with regard to social media. So that if you don't do what they say in a appropriate time frame, you you will be fined up to 6% of your worldwide revenue not not your profit your revenue and so the social media companies are going to capitulate to this and they're going to say well we don't need to you know we don't need to carve out the united states where there's freedom of speech and that type of things so we'll just go along with what the governments in europe and canada are telling us to do or new zealand so you will end up with People in government, you already have them in government, like Jacinda Arden, a graduate of the World Economic Forum Global Leadership School, who came out last fall during the pandemic in, in uh, New Zealand and said, listen, you, you need to only, the government should be your only source of truth. We will tell you the truth. Don't believe what you hear from anybody else. We are the source of truth. That's right out of 1984. Mm. You know, it's it's sort of like 1984 was a novel. It's a fictional novel. It's not a user manual. Uh, you know, it's not the way government's supposed to operate. So, and there was Hillary Clinton last week. You know, this this great uh, lawyer and politician. You know, she's concerned with everything, and she says it's about time that the EU put these restrictions in. Congratulations, way to go, EU, because hmm. she would like to do the same thing. By the way, the uh, Nina Jankowitz was also a fellow at the uh, Clinton Foundation. Ah, the plot thickens. By it's the all way, connected. Yeah, by, you the, know, it's, by the way, let's be clear that uh, one of our concerns, our many concerns about this topic, is Jankowitz is the head of this propaganda wing, and she has called for increased content moderation from social media platforms, and she also has wanted more Get this, state-funded, meaning government-funded, quote, journalism. What does that mean? Democrat, 
control, journalists that will follow the narrative. And this is why it's dangerous. This is, John, this is what, as Americans, our older listeners will understand this. Let me say more seasoned or more mature audience. This is what you do to an enemy. It's not what you do to American citizens, but that's what's happening under the guise of hate, false narratives, or, quote, disinformation. So they're, they're redefining these things so they can attack those they need to to further their agenda. And it's a dangerous time right now. It is. And so I would highly recommend, again, the, the article we mentioned before the break, uh, Sam Faddis, The Bolsheviks Make Their Move. Subtitled, Free Speech Must Be Crushed, Democracy Must Be Subverted. So you can go to anmagazine.substack.com. And he talks about the, the Bolshevik Revolution, or the revolution in Russia in 1917. It started out as kind of a broad-based revolution. But, you know, and, and there were Marxists and all this everything. But then the Bolsheviks took over. And they just crushed any dissent. So who were the Bolsheviks, John? Weren't they made up of at that time, like more middle class or, or the workers that really thought they were doing the right thing or how, what, tell us about that. Yeah, but you know, it was the whole, the communist Marxist, how the, you know, there was sort of a, it was just a group that sort of, I, in my view, my simplified view of history, they just decided they were going to, you know, we're, we're going to take this and we're going to become the dictators and we're going to control everything. And we're going to build this wonderful society. And a part of it was this belief that really started after Marx and everything that we could build this utopia on earth and this, uh, build the kingdom of God on earth. I mean, that's exactly what a lot of these people have tried to do. But so what CM Fattis says is this. I'll just read a quote. We see the same forces at work today. Joe Biden's administration is widely unpop, wildly unpopular. His policies are a failure. And an administration that respected the principles of democracy would change course, evolve, and seek to regain the people's trust. Hmm. But the powers that be in and behind this administration have no intention of doing so. They have nothing but contempt for the American people. These are zealots infused with a Marxist ideology and convinced of their almost divine right to rule. Growing opposition to their policy means only one thing to them. The opposition must be crushed. Mm. And so we need to understand that this is what's, is what's going on. And I, I heard uh, my friend Gary Koss speaking at a conference up there in Appleton over the weekend about, you know, how these globalists have been pushing this agenda for decades. Yep. Um, and uh, Gary and I used to work in the same building in Indianapolis back <laughs> uh uh, 30 some years, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I'm sorry. Goodness gracious. <laughs> and where did that decade go? Yeah. But, um, and, and Gary's been on top of this for, for 40 years. He's been noticing this and writing about it and it's taken time. And now it just seems like it's all converging at the same time. And this mm -hmm. is one of the things I talk about in Bible prophecy is we, we know that there's a global government or somebody wants to run a global government and there's a system that, on buying and selling and all this thing. And all this stuff is going to be built and in place. And somebody's going to kind of walk in and, you know, they're going to hand the keys to someone. And so we see all this stuff coming up, but understand that the social media thing is going to morph very quickly. If it hasn't already through the pandemic and the vaccine passports and that type of thing into the Chinese social credit system. So that, you will not, this is what they tried to institute up in Canada. Mm. They shut down people's bank accounts. Uh, you know, Mike Lindell, whether you agree with him or not, his bank told him, get out of our bank. Yeah. Leave, get out of here. Amazing. PayPal shuts down accounts all the time. So this is, this is coming and pretty soon you're going to go to a store and they're going to say, uh, you know, John Haller, you're a little bit too much around the middle there and you ate too much meat. So we're going to put into, uh, you're not, you just can't buy it. If you want to buy some vegetables, you know, we'll let you buy vegetables, but, but not, uh, but not that. No, oh, by the way, and you were on stand for the truth. You no, you know, no ice cream for you. <laughs> by the way, uh, you, that's the, an environmental policy. They're going to, 
start looking to impose that, uh, but it's not necessarily the same as free speech. But it is about control. It is about trying to uh, run people's lives and and reach their agenda. And it, as I, you said, it's been going on for decades. John, we just again we've got like three and a half minutes left. We went on. Uh, just this is important though. President, former President Barack Obama comes out. He's been talking about this. Apparently on April twenty first, he said. Uh, social media censors don't go far enough. So you know what side he's on. So what, what happens? The government needs to step up and wow, voila, six days after Obama said that, Homeland Security rolls out the quote, Ministry of Truth, the Disinformation Governance Board. You want to wrap up this topic so we can move on? Yeah, you know, it's funny because Obama had said in an interview with, rather famous interview with Stephen Colbert, uh, early, you know, near the end of his, or, Anyway, during the Trump administration, Obama said, so essentially said, well, if I could just sit in my basement and my sweats, you know, and I could <laughs> right. have somebody with an earpiece and I could just kind of, you know, sit in my basement and talk to him, I'd do that and control and run things that way. And I'm not so sure that that's not, but you know, so now we know that when, when the Biden regime got very low in the polls, lo and behold, here's Barack Obama. He's all over the place. He's at an event at the White House and, everybody's, you know, getting around him. They're kind of ignoring Joe Biden, you know, because they want to talk. They want to talk to the boss. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to talk to the boss. And then he goes out to the University of Chicago uh, with David Axelrod and the Atlantic and Jeffrey Goldberg from the Atlantic. And they do a thing on disinformation in the media. And then a week later, I think that's the April 21st one speech that you talked about out at Stanford. Mm hmm. Uh, where they were talking about this. And so now they're getting control in air, but it's, it's just kind of weird. It's like, wait a minute, you were president. You swore an oath of allegiance to the Constitution of the United States, which includes the First Amendment. And now you're going out there saying you're using the power of the government to threaten social media companies. For example, Elon Musk comes in to take over Twitter. What's the first thing that, and he's going to say, I'm going to reinstitute institute free speech. I'm going to change the policies. I'm going to open up the algorithms and that type of thing so people can see what's going on. And what's almost the first thing that happens? It's not widely reported. The SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, has launched an investigation of statements that Elon Musk has made on social media platforms that might violate certain SEC rules since he's the CEO of Tesla and other publicly traded companies. Mm. And so what are they doing? They're using the power of the government. And it's like, yep. Elon, don't go too far. You need to understand there's a, a, and I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Elon, you know, he makes cool looking cars and the spaceships are really cool, but you know, he's into Neuralink and controlling yeah. people and that type of thing. So, but on the free speech side, it's fun to watch everybody kind of have a meltdown over it, but understand <laughs> that in the backside of this, if the power of government's being brought out to just, as Sam Fattis says, the opposition must be crushed. Yeah. Don't you dare step out of line or we're going to come after you. Yep. And what's fascinating is they are not hiding their agenda or their thoughts or motives anymore. I just don't think enough people are paying attention. Much more coming up with Pastor John Haller on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. So many articles, so much information, so little time, but let's keep it all in perspective, friends. The best information you can get is right in the pages of Scripture, God's truth, and you can know the truth and it will set you free because Jesus is Lord and that is never changes, and our, our commission, our purpose in this life as being salt and light in a dark world that needs preservation of biblical morality, that never changes. So I just want to preface our final segment and just reminding you guys, keep it all in perspective. We're not up here worrying about this, but the, we're just reporting what's happening as signs of the time. So, John, um, where do you want to go next? Well, let me start off with this because I just noticed this from this morning's Washington Post. And we were just talking about the former President Obama and how he's come out. And now here's an editorial in the Washington Post owned by Jeff Bezos, the second richest man in the world, and uh, next to Elon Musk. And it says, um, a smart way to fight disinformation, Mr. Obama's uh, 
diagnosis is on target. And it says, you know, he wished he could have done more when he was president to counter Russian subversion of our democracy and so on social media. Now, however, he's trying to make up for lost time. So what we see here is we're seeing what I would call the sanctification, sanctification <laughs> of Barack Obama. You know, he's getting ready to build his library. I think it's at the University of Chicago, by the way, where he was a, a few weeks ago. And, and so here it is. They're Twitter. You know, here it is. He's he's going. He's coming to the rescue to protect us, and we all know he's in charge anyway. At least that's the appearance. He and Valerie Jarrett and some of his others. It's the same people. There's a guy named uh, Gertzler who's in charge of disinformation at the White House. He's been there since day one, and so he's so now they're now they're bringing in Department of Homeland Security with their new minister. Ministry of Truth is, I think, the best way to call it. So the other thing is we live in such a weird world. I mean, we're talking over the break about all these politicians like Nancy Pelosi, Boris Johnson, the uh, prime minister of the U.K., they're all going to Kiev. They're like flying in here. Like this is like a it's like Disney World over there or something. Everybody (laughs) flies it. And it's the middle of a war. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out is. What's Angelina Jolie, she made an appearance there yesterday. And so you made a great point is they're going to Kiev because there's a border dispute there, but none of them have ever been to the southern border of the United States. In America, where they are citizens, they will not call attention to this border crisis that's costing us billions of dollars. Go ahead, John. Well, and it's just it's it's, it's just absolutely insane. So look, with, with the war in Ukraine and of course we have coming out of the COVID pandemic right now, Shanghai is in massive lockdown. In fact, in China right now, uh, because of coronavirus, uh, COVID zero policies and the, the premier, the, the dictator that rules China, Xi has not been seen anywhere, but I mean, entire cities like Shanghai, the third largest city on planet Earth, is completely shut down for a month. Go to marinetraffic.com and look at the ships sitting off the port of Shanghai, one of the most important ports in the world mm. for goods and services. There's thousands of ships stuck wow, out there. Wow, I just did. Wow. Wow. The, the, if you can set it up, the red, the red ones are tankers. The green ones are, uh, container ships. Oh it's goodness. amazing that the supply chain that we have, but it, we used to have like hundreds of ships, hundreds and hundreds of ships waiting off the port of Los Angeles and, uh, Long Beach, one of our largest ports. There, there's hardly any ships there now hmm. because they're all stuck over there. About 25% of the containers are now stuck in China. Well, that has an impact on supply chains. We know that in Russia, Russia and Ukraine supply 30, 40% of the world's wheat, about a third of the chemicals used to make fertilizers. Um, You know, most, a lot of the countries in the Middle East, for example, get above 50% of their wheat from Ukraine. In the United States, we've had a drought. The Texas winter wheat crop, which was very important, was about, I, I shouldn't quote the number. I'll say the number that I remember hearing, 7% of normal. That's going to have an impact. And, you know, it's funny how much you can control people when they can't eat. Uh, where you say, well, if you, you do this or you capitulate to this, we will give you food. So the pl- supply chains are disrupted. Go back 10 years. There was a drought in, U- in Ukraine and Russia that disrupted the mm. supply of wheat to mm. the Middle East. That was in 2010. What happened in 2011? That was the beginning of the Arab Spring, which we are still living with the effects of today. Mm-hmm. So this is, so this, we live in a very complex world. The supply chain is, it's a, it's a modern miracle. I ordered a computer a few years ago. I got a note while I was ordering it that it was at a warehouse in Shanghai. <laughs> and it was at my house in less than 30 hours. What? How, how yes. is that possible? It's flown. It's flown through oh, cargo okay. planes and everything. But yeah, I mean, there, I mean, it's like, so, <laughs> you know, we have a huge Amazon warehouse here. So I order stuff at Amazon. Sometimes I get it the same day. 
Because they've I mean, got it's... massive warehouses in more places across the country. I'm looking at that marinetraffic.com site. I'm looking at the United States and the along the uh, ocean, along the coast, the Pacific or the Atlantic coast, and even the Pacific. You can see all these, you know, tr- uh, tankers and and ships. Um, John, uh, how is this going to affect us? Um, what's happening with uh, Russia, Ukraine, as far as the wheat. And I, I've heard a lot about fertilizer. I've got a friend who's in the landscaping business, and he says uh, they're trying to get what they can and, and supply. There are supply issues um, everywhere. Um, should How concerned should we be? Look, I think right now the United States is probably because we have uh, more abundance than other people. It's probably going to affect us less, but you understand that, that poor countries around the world where they're, where they're having mm-hmm. droughts, like for right now in the midst of very important time in the wheat season in India, they're having ma- record heat, mm-hmm. heat that they don't even get in the summer they're having in at this time. And so in the San Joaquin Valley, go look at the drought monitor map that you can find online. And then you're seeing that the whole Western half of the United States is anywhere from moderate to severe to extreme drought, including severe drought in the San Joaquin Valley, Central Valley of California, Mm. which supplies about 40%, maybe 50% of the fruits and vegetables. But then there was a huge article in the New York Times last week where they were talking about the fact that almond growers have had really big crops in the Central Valley of Central Valleys of California. They can't get them to market. There's no container ships. There's no trucks. You know, fertilizer's not shipping by rail like it usually does. And the seeds that farmers have now require fertilizer to sort of act. And, you know, God made this incredible world that we live in. I mean, I, you know, if I drive over to Dayton, Ohio, I come up through the country sometimes, and it's corn country. And you're talking like miles and miles and miles of this beautiful, wonderful corn. Mm-hmm. They put these little seeds there and they get these like little trees of corn. And it's just like this amazing thing that God created. You take this seed and you get, you know, you take a tomato seed or a tomato plant and you get, you know, dozens of tomatoes off of the one plant. It's just, it's an incredible, right. and it comes out of the soil and it's like, God was so good to do this, but now man's kind of intervened and the supply chain is getting disrupt- disrupted and it's going to have a problem. So listen, I want to talk about the Middle East for just yes, a moment if sure. we could. So what you're seeing, and there's a guy named Peter Zahn, Z-E-I-H-A-N. He's written a book. Um, his new book is uh, The End of the World is is Only is Just the Beginning or something like that. And I don't know his religious orientation or anything like that. But he's been talking about this, and listen, we are in a massive potential problem, and he sees a problem coming with disruption in the Middle East. And over the past month, it's been it was this very strange convergence this year. Here's that pro- prophecy term that I like to use all the time, <laughs> where we had uh, Passover, Ramadan, and the Christmas, Christmas Christian celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ all converging at the exact same time. Hmm. And so Jerusalem has been a bit of a hotbed. The Temple Mount, we know that this is important in Bible prophecy. There's a lot of things going on there. The Israeli government, at least from what I read this morning, looks like it is going to collapse and they will have to go to yet another round of elections. I think that'll be the seventh round of elections in about, can you imagine all the uh, that many election cycles? That's no. like torturing your whole country <laughs> with all the politicians running around, uh, and the the uh, Muslim. I, I'll just say that I think he's a Muslim Brotherhood guy, uh, Mansur Abbas, who uh, heads up a, a party, the Ram Party. Mm-hmm. He has come out and said, "Listen, um, we need to make some adjustments to access to the Temple Mount." Uh, and unless Israel will acquiesce to what the King of Jordan, who has control, was given control of the Temple Mount through an organization called the Waqf, uh, he still controls it. And he's making some demands on Israel. And Abbas says, listen, I'm going to pull my, my group. He's got five parliament members. Pull us out of the coalition. The government will collapse. So they go to another elections, unless we acquiesce to the King of Jordan. And understand the King of Jordan 
comes from a family that used to control Mecca and Medina. But then when the wars happened back in the 1920s and the Saud family took it over, the Hashemite tribe, which still occupies a large port of northern Saudi Arabia, and they're very, very tribal. They're more tribal than they are committed to the country. They were given the kingdom of Transjordan. They actually given two kingdoms. They were given the kingdom of Transjordan and the kingdom of Iraq. So now we have King Abdullah II, who... Uh, controls the Temple Mount, and he's not happy with the way it's going. And it's been a big setup. You can find hundreds of videos on Twitter and everything where they're supposed to, you know, if I went in the Al-Aqsa Mosque once, you have to take off your shoes when you go in a mosque, you know, to respect their religious beliefs. But there's guys in there with their bandanas on, the their faces covered, and they've got their tennis shoes on and they're playing soccer among piles of rocks inside the mosque. Cause mm-hmm. we're going to throw them at the Israeli guards. They're going to throw them over the, t- over the Western wall down on the people at the, at the hotel that mm-hmm. are worshiping there. And it's interesting that when King Abdullah talks about this, he talks about we need to respect. And I have a dozen videos that I've collected over the years of him speaking about this. We need to recognize and respect Christian and Muslim holy sites in Jerusalem. But he never mentions Jewish. Mm, never mentions it ever. And now the narrative is that, well, this is the third holiest site of Islam. But it's probably not. Go read Mordecai Qadar's great takedown on that. And even some is- Islamic scholars from Saudi Arabia come out and said, that mosque had nothing to do with Muhammad. He never went there. It only became important when the Jews came back to Israel and established the nation of Israel. Mm. And I can show you a publication. Um, I think Randall Price might sell it at his website. You can get a replica of it from 1924, published by the Muslim Authority in Jerusalem, that says there's no doubt that this is the site of Solomon's temple. <laughs> and now they deny it. So what you've seen over this recent Ramadan is just this incredible ramping up of rhetoric coming out of Iran about destroying Israel, respecting the Palestinians. Uh, Erdogan from Turkey does it. A video I didn't, I'll play in a midweek update that I'm going to do this week of him going to the Holy Kaaba in Saudi Arabia for the first time in five years and meeting with the Saudi Arabians. Interesting. So you see all this yes. alignment of nations, but the rhetoric coming out of Iran is particularly egregious. The head of the Revolutionary yeah. Guard, Ayatollah Khomeini, uh, Raisi, the new president, they're all talking about, we've got to get rid of Israel. We've got to get rid of Israel. John, we've got one minute left. What's a good source? Uh, Jerusalem Post. Where do you hear some of this that you're getting the information from? Yeah, uh, you know, I think that uh, there's a lot of different websites that you can go to. Look, I read Jerusalem Post. I read Haaretz. It's a, sort of the New York Times of Israel. I read Israel Hayom, which is you can get an English language version of it. I translate a lot of things from the Hebrew. Uh, there's also websites, Israel 365, all okay. Israel news, I think it's Joel Rosenberg's. They do a good job of picking up on some of these. Okay. Things. So really quick, what's your prophecy update called Mayday, Mayday, all fall down. What else do you discuss where people can look that up? Well, I really looked up this information, but go to Fellowship Bible Chapel on YouTube, okay. also Real FBC on Rumble and okay. some of the other platforms. All right. YouTube Fellowship Bible Chapel. We have a link to it in today's podcast at standupforthetruth.com. Always a blessing, and it goes by way too fast with you, John Haller. Thank you. Keep speaking the truth. God bless. Look forward to the next time. All right. Thank you so much. Tomorrow, Dr. Andy Woods is with us, and we'll get a pastor's point of view on some of these national and global events that matter to Christians. Pastor Matt Truella, Wednesday. Pastor Steve Smotherman, Thursday. Gotta go. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.